Welcome to Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by Eric. Oh, it's me again. It's you again. What is oh. this, the third week? Third in a row? week? Yeah. Yeah, I am going to be honest with you. I'm not doing great with planning co hosts ahead of mm-hmm. time. I just assumed it was because I'm the only person that doesn't have a life <laughs> well, enough also, to come over. We've been recording like very early on uh-huh. Saturday mornings. So that is another right. uh, factor. I'm as the well. only psychopath that's like, yeah, sure, I'll get up uh, early on a Saturday morning and well, come over. Well, you're also. Uh, sober so you're always like at a hundred percent energy ready to go not hungover at all well yeah i'm i'm not hungover but also i drink uh a lot of coffee coffee so i'd say an unhealthy amount of coffee you know possibly Mm, um But, it, you know, I'm basically always on because I'm always <laughs> right. caffeinated. Right. Mm. Uh, nearing death. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, guys, this is like Treason News. If you're new to the show, it works like this. We give our recommendations in the first third of the show. Mm-hmm. Then we talk about bad news. Uh-oh. But don't worry. We end things with good news. So while we're in the pop culture section, obviously, I want to get your recommendations. If you have any new ones oh since boy. the last time I saw you. Eric, you act like it's a surprise every time I, I ask you for recommendations. Well, here's what happens. You're like, do you have recommendations? And... Immediately, I'm like, okay, what have I done in the past week? And, and also, and just and also, like, don't say what you always recommend. Uh-huh, yeah, which is I'm spacing. Psych. Psych. <laughs> yeah, don't. Isn't it. there like a cooking show like Gordon Ramsay? Oh yeah, I used to always recommend Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, Hell's Kitchen. But it's not on right now. But <laughs> so they are filming two more seasons. Sure. Um, no, usually what happens is you go, "What are your recommendations?" And I go, "Okay." think what have i done in the past week right and then i'm just in a blind panic realizing i don't remember anything from the past week oh you know what i (laughs) have stopped asking people but i should start again you can also talk about stuff you're excited about that's like coming up Mm. so that's worse (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm not excited i'm not what you would call uh, just get engaged (laughs) you're excited about that we don't have plans for that yet (laughs) okay great Uh, (laughs) Uh, so I'll go first and then okay. give you time to think yeah. about it. So uh, did you see the VMAs? Uh, I did not. I saw clips okay. of people posting things about the VMAs. Oh, boy, Eric. I, uh, I'm shocked that it's still going on. You're shocked that there's still an award ceremony celebrating music? No, because it's, I mean, first off, it's not, it's supposed to be celebrating music videos. Right. And there's not really a channel that plays music videos anymore. Yeah, it's anymore. not really. I mean, that's why I don't think they call it the Music Video Awards uh-huh. anymore. Yeah. Um, they just call or the Video Music Awards the anymore. Music awards, yeah. They just call it VMAs right. as like an homage to like you know MTV. They still right. call it MTV, even though it's like you guys don't watch or just play video <laughs> videos anymore. Right. Um, sorry, I'm very distracted. There are people walking around. Um, so. That sounds like I just had a full-on hallucination, <laughs> but there were actually people walking around. Uh-huh. Eric just chose not to say yes, anything. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think at this point, the show is more about like a celebration okay. of music artists. Just in general. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. So, uh, a few acts stood out. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you? Kn- I love quizzing Eric on pop culture uh-huh, because he yeah. knows nothing. I just learned who Shawn Mendes was the <laughs> other day. And he was... I, you were upset about it on Twitter. You're well, like, how is he so popular? I've never heard of him. And it was like, <laughs> Eric, is it a possibility that you are not in touch with popular culture? Here's what happened. So I, I walk dogs in, in Midtown Manhattan in Hell's Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I went to one of my, my dog buildings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got there. And there were just a huge... Uh, a line of uh, young adults, <laughs> young people, <laughs> yep, uh, they're called just young people. surrounding the building, uh-huh. just screaming. screaming. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. So I <clears throat> go walk the dog, and then I go, I go around the corner of the building, and there's uh, uh, just, they're all leading into this one door on the side of the building, and I 
am able to parse together in some sort of event for uh, a man named Sean Mendez, who I've never heard of. Sure. And I was just Googling, like, who, who why Sean are Mendes? all these people here? What is this guy's deal? Mm-hmm. And they were just going ape shit. And I just yeah. could not figure it out. His fans are wild. Here's the thing, though. I know who Sean Mendez is. Uh-huh. I saw Sean Mendez perform a song at the VMAs. And I still could not tell you one of his songs. <laughs> Just because he's not in a genre that I listen to a mm-hmm. lot. And I'm more aware of him in sort of like a pop culture sense. I right. know like his fans are wild. Sure, yeah. Um, but I knew who he was. Right. It's sort of impressive that you have avoided knowing who Shawn Mendes is for so long. I think this I think it's happening more and more because I don't like watch cable or anything like that. So Neither I'm do I. Yeah, but I like I don't like follow like pop culture accounts on Twitter. I like I'm very insulated. Like yeah. I like I don't like I I don't get a lot of that stuff just because like I don't know I'm just not around. It, I, I actually guess. don't know how I know who he is. Mm-hmm. It just sort of broke just through happens. at some yeah. point. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so, anyways, uh, Normani. Do you know who Normani is? <laughs> no. Okay. I've heard the name. I know people were freaking out she about her. She blew up. Mm-hmm. She used to be in a girl group. Okay. I'm not even going to throw more names at you because <laughs> I don't want to overwhelm you. But she used to be in a, a girl group, and she broke through, mm-hmm. um, and she has this single called Motivation that okay. blew up because the music video is amazing. Yeah. The dancing's really good. Like, she is an incredible athlete. Oh, cool. She can do... I don't know if she used to be a cheerleader or a gymnast, but she mm-hmm. can tumble. Like, she can actually do flips and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and her dancing is just incredible. Oh, nice. So, and the, chore- the choreography and the costumes are really cool. There's an incredible dance she does with a basketball Ooh. that is very, very fun to watch. So, she killed it. Lizzo was amazing. Yeah, I saw that. You know who Lizzo yes, is. I she broke Lizzo. through your little yes. weird wall. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, she had this giant inflatable ass behind her <laughs> that was, like, inspired. It was mm-hmm. amazing. Missy Elliott, they gave her the Vanguard Award. Yes. amazing. Uh, because Missy Elliott's incredible. And when you think about the scope of her career and how she has managed to say, like, current and relevant, yeah. it's really amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be amazing for any artist, let alone a female rap artist, mm-hmm. because the industry is not very nice to female rap artists. Mm-hmm tends to treat them as being very disposable and interchangeable, which is insulting because they're artists. But Missy has always... I I truly think Missy has lasted as long as she has because she's really smart about forming partnerships with up-and-coming artists. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, here's a track by X featuring Missy, or here's a new Missy track featuring X new artists. And people are like, oh, cool, they're relevant right now. Right, right. So... MTV awarded Missy Elliott the Vanguard Award, Mm -hmm. and she did the craziest performance I've ever seen, where the whole theme of the the performance was, like, alien abduction. Mm -hmm. So at one point, like, she's an alien. I think at one point, she's the spacecraft. (laughs) And, like, people are dancing in a cornfield, and then they get sucked into a UFO. Mm -hmm. Like, the staging of it was incredible. Yeah, they did a lot of... uh, there was a lot of weird, like, it was, I'd never seen, like, I guess just because I don't watch, like, modern award shows or anything, but mm-hmm. I'd never seen anybody, I've never seen, like, they did a lot of, like, it was a live performance, but there was a lot of, like, video, like, CGI and, like, yeah, but, like cool special effects. like interwoven, which was really, really yeah, cool. Yeah, like, there was a part where I wasn't even sure if it was, like pre-taped or not because no it was idea. like the the special no effects were so good yeah. and i was like i don't know what's happening like i can't tell if this is a stage show yeah. if this is like a video like it was hard to tell at points just because like they the production value is so insane on yeah that. whoever did production this year should win awards yeah it was like really good and <laughs> also really like cool. i was like trying to figure out how she was doing all of her costume changes I was like how's this happening yeah like, what, is it? what is going no on no idea my favorite thing about the VMAs is that there are maybe like a mm, hundred hardcore fans right by the stage mm-hmm. who are like screaming and jumping up and yeah. down and then like a few feet back are all of the seats with the celebrities who just sit the whole time oh yeah <laughs> and are just like, like really over it the industry people and like, mm-hmm. yeah I will say this uh, I think it's it's been pretty well established on the show. I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. Uh-huh. But what I love about Taylor Swift and what I love about Lizzo, who I do love, 
is that they were so into it. And Taylor Swift is always this way. She stands the whole show. Yeah. She knows everybody's songs. Right, right, she right. is their number one fan. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. she, like, sings and she dances while they're performing, which is really nice to see because it's like, I don't know. Other artists tend to feel like they have to pretend like they're over it. Right. Um. Or that if they cheer for someone else, somehow it, like, lowers their status. It's very weird. Yeah, I think, yeah, that is strange. I th- it's, I don't know, it's always weird to me when, like, people, uh, like, go to things and then it's just, like... Not enjoy it? Yeah, it's like, wh- <laughs> why are you here? Like, also, like, aren't you an artist? Don't right. you like music? <laughs> and it's just, I don't know, it was nice to see, like, Taylor Swift and, like, Lizzo was so drunk. She had, <laughs> like, a bedazzled tequila bottle that she was just <laughs> drinking straight out of. Uh-huh. Um, and she was screaming and singing. And, like, I will say this about the audience. When Missy was performing, everybody stood up. Yeah, it's Missy's so interesting because I think when we were younger, when she was, like, current mm-hmm. like that was like the, the like sort of like the current like apex part of her career yeah, like work it missy yeah. yeah it's like she was obviously very well known mm-hmm. and her videos were on mtv it's not like she was like an underground artist by no, any no, stretch no. Of but mainstream. she wasn't considered like legendary at that point right but i think as time has gone on, people have realized that she was. Well, especially when you get to hear their hits back to back to uh-huh. back. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, she has had so many number one mm-hmm. songs. And yeah. like how impressive that is. It's also, I always really liked her music videos when I was a kid because she's always really good at making really fucking weird videos that don't make any sense. She's super weird. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. like in a cool way. Yes. It's not like yes, it's yes, not. Yeah. She's always been able to make these like really like mainstream videos but so weird. She like, spits in a dude's mouth in like her <laughs> most famous video. Yeah. <laughs> Are you like the I Can't Stand the Rainbow where she's wearing the weird inflatable suit? Yeah. It's like really kind of like when you watch it, like, geez, what is this? That's like, a theme with her. She likes yeah. being in inflatable suits. Uh-huh. Which is cool because like women artists, like who wants to look bigger? Right. You know? And yeah. she's like, I, like, make me as big as you can. <laughs> make, me a just a little, make me just a bubble. Yeah, just yeah. Me a big bubble. She's great. I love her. Yeah. Um. So also in recommendations, have you seen the trailer for The King? Oh my God, oh the cats are God. fighting. Uh, Have you seen the trailer for The King? The King? No, I haven't. Okay, so the, this was highly anticipated because it's one of Netflix's... Uh, Movies that are actually going to be in a theater slash released on Netflix like mm-hmm. a month after yeah, yeah. it uh, premieres in the theaters. So uh, the Timothy Chalamet, uh-huh. Timothy Chalamet, Timothy, uh, and Robert Pattinson are in it. Okay. So a lot of buzz about that because it's like two young hot actors. Can mm-hmm. we still call Robert Pattinson young? I think we can. He seems pretty young. Yeah, he's pretty young. He's not like Twilight young anymore. I have to, I have to say he's young so that I can you feel don't better about myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, same. So, <laughs> youngster Robert Pattinson, up literal and comer, child Robert, Pattinson. little baby Robert Pattinson <laughs> is in the King as well, and people were freaking out because he has a blonde wig. Mm. So people were getting like Twilight vibes, right. and they were very, very happy about that. It looks dope. He's also in another. Like he's in the the, the lighthouse. lighthouse. Yeah, mm, I already have my alert set up on Fandango, <laughs> so I can get the that ticket. That trailer looked insane. Looked I can't so remember we talked about it, but good. it looks so crazy. So good. that actor, uh, that actor, that director. Um, it's an A twenty four movie, right? A twenty four. Yes, 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 yes. And it's the guy who directed The Witch. Yes. And Roger Eggers. That sounds right. Uh, and Robert Eggers, he interviewed. Um, or I guess it was a mutual interview with Ari Aster. Mm-hmm. Um, that production company has its own podcast. Yes. Oh, cool. And they interviewed each other, and nice. it was super interesting. I bet. Yeah. Because they're friends, and right. they're also like fans of each other, mm-hmm. and sort of in the same vein right. film-wise. But it was a really interesting conversation. If you're a film nerd, if you loved Hereditary and Midsummer and uh, The Witch... And are going to see the lighthouse? Maybe uh, check out that conversation because it's super interesting. <laughs> I think it's funny that uh, this is just a side point, but mm-hmm. when you said like it's a Netflix movie that's going to theaters, I was just thinking about how like I think it's funny that like all of the sort of disruptive companies that have existed for the past like ten years are slowly making themselves into mainstream companies. 
Well, yeah, and that a lot of mainstream production companies and directors, like Steven Spielberg hates Netflix uh-huh. so much. And it's like, what a stupid hill to die on. <laughs> well, I was just thinking, like, I was having this conversation with my coworker about how, like, it's funny now because th- – so now that like streaming services have become successful, they're kind of balkanizing, and now like mm-hmm. Disney's starting their own service. Um, you know, they're slowly going to start being more and more streaming services because like all the companies are like, oh hey, we don't have to like give all of our rights to like Hulu; we can start our own. Yeah. And then slowly, you're going to be paying like four hundred dollars a month to watch all the shows. Like well, they're going to create cable companies again, is what I'm saying. Like yeah, they're going to like. Start I mean that that will collapse obviously, <laughs> they're gonna and start, they'll start to buy each other. Yeah, they're going to start bundling, and eventually, it's just going to yeah. be cable companies yeah. again. Mm, absolutely, because that's <laughs> always gonna, what happens. It's just going to like keep going back to the same like model that they were trying to escape in the first yeah, place. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um so because we know that because we recognize patterns. Uh-huh. Um yeah, so that trailer is very good. Uh and then I just have recommendations that I've already made on the show before but just doubling down oh, because well, they're still going. Real quick, while we're talking about trailers. What I can't remember I can't, honestly I can't yeah. remember if we talked about this. Don't yell at me on Twitter. Um <laughs> uh did you see the the last Joker trailer? Yes. How do you feel about it? How do you feel about Joker? I was more excited by the teaser mm-hmm. that came out before that. Yeah. I think because it was so artfully edited yeah. and the song was really haunting. It looks beautiful visually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love the way it has these washed out 70s colors. And I think visually it's going to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I have to go see it and I will see it. Yeah. In order to to really critique like the themes and stuff, mm-hmm. I like the idea of Joker's motivation coming from a place of embarrassment. Uh huh. Because it seems like from the trailer, he attempts to do stand up at a club, <laughs> and it does not go well. Uh-huh. And somebody gets it on video. Yeah. And then I think Robert De Niro is a very strange choice for that I character. Was, when they showed that in the trailer, I was like, what? the hell i was like oh famously <laughs> i like robert de niro i would describe a million different ways i would not describe him as a funny comedy host <laughs> is Marin in it mark Marin looks like he's in one of the scenes yeah it looks like he's in a scene why would you not put mark Marin <laughs> as the host i think they were trying to go for the like 1950s like carson steve allen like but he's not that guy Robert De Niro is like quiet, brooding, dramatic actor. Yeah, I think he. I think there. I. I think. And I know he didn't meet the Fockers or whatever. But I think they were less thinking of him as comedian, more like wh- who's like a traditional nineteen fifties, like who can be like the old school, like you know, like Rat Pack kind of like. Ooh, I think guy. he's very. Well, I think he's gonna be terrible. I just you know. I mean, I think he'll be fine as long as they don't expect him to like be funny in the way Carson was. Funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it seems like he's supposed to be that guy. But anyway. So I thought that was very strange, but I love the idea. Oh, so anyway, so he's the host who plays this clip of the Joker trying to do stand-up uh-huh. and makes fun of him and right. like deeply embarrasses. Yeah. And like the look on Joaquin Phoenix's face when uh-huh. he is being embarrassed, yeah. I was like, ooh, this is like scary right. in a very relevant uh-huh. way. Yeah. Um, because there's nothing more dangerous than a humiliated white man, right? Mm-hmm. Um and a, a humiliated white man comedian. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, and so it feels really relevant mm-hmm. and current. Yeah. What always concerns me though is ultimately we're supposed to think the Joker is like cool and we like him, right? Even though he is the bad guy, you always kind of like the Joker. Yeah. He's fun. I always wonder about that, about that phenomenon, about like. I always wonder how purposeful that is. I don't know if the intention is for the Joker to be an anti-hero. I don't I I wonder if that was a creation of the audience. Well, the reason I like Nolan's interpretation of the Joker is the scene where the Joker's like you need me to Batman because mm, it's like yeah. right, Batman's not Batman without Joker. Yeah. And how they kind of like feed off of each other in a really sick way. Yeah. Uh That's one reason I'm excited that's kind of one I mean in a weird way I'm kind of excited about this movie for that in that there is no Batman in this movie. Mm. This is the creation of the Joker, which is pre-Batman. Well, I also like the idea. So it seems like his motivation is being publicly publicly humiliated. Also, Bruce's father is in the movie and seems to have a very negative interaction (laughs) with the Joker. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I do like the idea of the bad guy being created by 
capitalism. Yeah. And <laughs> also being publicly humiliated right. because men don't know how to process their feelings yeah, in yeah. a healthy way. I'm like a little worried about mental health stuff. Yeah. Although it seemed like in the teaser they get into um, Arkham and mm-hmm. maybe that there's like budget cut stuff going <laughs> right, on. Right, like right. it's not adequately funded. And because that's ultimately where all the bad guys in Gotham come from. Right. Um, which again, you know, problematic. <laughs> but if it's explored in a way where it's like, right, why, why are these guys bad guys? Right. I think it could be interesting. So I do have to see the film. But yeah. I'm still, I think there might be enough interesting stuff going on. One to thing make that it interests worthwhile. me about the movie is that like the trailer, like, because uh, there was a story that came out that it got an R rating for extreme violence. Yeah. And there's not any violence in the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, what the hell is going to happen in this movie? I think when he becomes Joker yeah. and there's the rampage in the city, I think that's going to be nuts. Yeah. Because like, there's like, because I, I when I saw it, I was thinking like, just knowing that before the trailer came out that like, it's got extreme violence and then like watching the trailer and like, he eventually goes on De Niro's show like as a clown and i'm like is what the gonna fuck's happen gonna happen yeah i'm yeah. just like that's that kind of like he, reading that story before watching the trailer like really like set me off like what the hell is gonna happen in this movie yeah and it's it's really hard to enjoy that level of violence like that sort of voyeuristic violence you could derive a certain amount of pleasure from it like in early tarantino days uh-huh, yeah. because um mass shootings weren't an issue right yet. right uh and now that we live in this culture where it's like, oh, white cis dudes do that level of violence uh-huh. all the time. Yeah, yeah. Will we enjoy it as much or <laughs> will it know. be frightening in a different way? Yeah. You know, like that'll be interesting to see how audiences yeah, react we'll to it. Yeah. I think there's a lot of good movies coming up. For sure. It's the golden age of cinema, guys. Yeah. This <laughs> uh the main takeaway of this episode. Uh and yeah, my other stuff is like Succession is great. Right. My Hunter I finished it's great. Watch, I still need to watch Succession. I haven't watched much. I, w- I just watched uh as I mentioned last week, my coworker had not seen any of the Indiana Jones movies. So yep. last night we finished, we watched The Last Crusade, my mm-hmm. favorite. Great. The best I mean, in my opinion, the best of the trilogy. How did they feel? Uh they loved it. Of, of course. course. Because of course. it's fucking that's a classic in uh, unbelievable movie. Yeah. So good. Uh, also, Good Place Season 3 is on Netflix. Mm. I binge-watched yes. it in a day. Nice. It's great. It's really... Of course, it's funny, but it's also really moving and interesting. It's unbelievable to me that Darcy Carton didn't win an Emmy. Darcy, at one point, plays all the other characters uh-huh. because they go into Janet. Mm-hmm. And if you go into Janet's psyche, you become Janet. Mm-hmm. So, at one point, Darcy is playing all the characters. Mm-hmm. And it is one of the wildest things <laughs> I've ever seen. She's so fucking talented. She's amazing. Uh, she should have won an Emmy. It's unbelievable. And also, new Lana Del Rey's out. It's great. I love it. I love it dearly. I've heard a lot of people talking about that album. Norman fucking Rockwell. Yeah. What a flex to have <laughs> Jack Nicholson's son on the cover art uh-huh. with her. Yeah. She was just like, yeah, it's Jack Nicholson's fucking son. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I love you, Lana. It's great. Uh, listen to it. And that's it for me. Do you have anything? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Guys, on that note, let's all hold hands and cry. Here's your bad news. I literally opened my browser like, huh, what was the bad news I wanted to talk about? Oh, right, the coup. Here's the thing <sighs> about British politics. Yes, I like on. to think of myself as a... Uh, a little a, bit of a wonk. A, a wonk, a worldly man. Sure. Uh, somebody who's nerdy about politics in the worst kind of way. Mm-hmm. And I, every time I read a story about British politics, I'm like, what the hell is happening? What the fuck is happening? <laughs> I'm sorry, what the fuck is yeah. happening? I was like, reading the story, it's like, okay, He's suspending Parliament. Like, yeah, that Boris Johnson bad. wants to suspend Parliament. And then I'm like, and then I read that it was like kind of a normal thing that happens, but he wants to do it for longer. Yeah. And I'm like, and what? he wants to do it during the Brexit stuff, yeah, which like, is what the fuck yeah. is this system? You know what? I'm glad we left. Get the fuck out of here with this dumb system. Yeah, and a lot of people were very, I mean, understandably upset because it's like, why do we have monarchs anymore? It's 2019. 
But, like, why did the queen say yes to this? Because it's this very odd system where, like, the monarchs are technically only figureheads right. and, like, a tourist attraction at mm-hmm. this point. Right. They should have no political power, and yet the prime minister still has to go to her yeah. to get, like, the okay. And literally, the queen just rubber stamps mostly whatever the prime minister because wants. Because she's old and senile and inbred. Like, who, like, who well, cares also what just, she wants? Well, also, just legally, yes. she has to say yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it wasn't like the queen was making some kind of political calculation. No. If a prime minister comes to her and is like, can I do X? Pretty much she has to be like, yeah. yeah because you're, the, you're the prime minister if you want to do it. But it's this sort of like nod to tradition yeah, that they have to even go to her. Yeah, because he probably like, he. I, I assume he still has the, because like, they have these weird old, I'm sure, I assume he still has to like go in person and kneel before her and she's like, eating a sandwich covered in gold or something. Yeah. And there's like, petting can a I, corgi. Yeah, and she's like, can I do this? She's like, what? Yes, I don't care. Like, I'm Who are co- you? I'm covered in jewels right now. Which like, one are you? Please leave me alone. I've met all of you. Which <laughs> one are you? Yeah. Okay, yeah. You want to suspend yeah, that like, dumb what, parliament? What's parliament? Just fine. Just yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, but obviously the, the timing of it, the fact that the prime minister can suspend parliament like that, well, uh, and he he wasn't even like it wasn't like oh this is a normal procedure. He was like yeah I'm doing this because of Brexit. I'm doing this so you can't fucking do anything to me yeah. about Brexit. So of course everyone was like uh, unconstitutional <laughs> because it is. So there were huge protests. Um, tens of thousands of people turned out, um, and yeah, it really really frightening yeah frightening time everybody yeah and also just seems like kicking the can down the road from the inevitable which is just brexit's a fucking disaster everybody Mm -hmm. knows it yeah and i think yeah i think a lot of this stems from like uh boris johnson knows that more than likely because he set a hard date now yeah october or whatever it is yeah yeah and he's like October 31st. October 31st, yes. The best day to do for things. Halloween. <laughs> Spooky um, yeah. Brexit. Maybe that's his Halloween costume. It's been he's been planning this for like 4 years. This like, is his Halloween costume. Guys, is, uh, don't ruin it for me. Um But yeah, I mean it seems like he knows he's it's going to be a no deal Brexit uh-huh. cuz he can't get anything done. So this is his last ditch effort to get a deal so that it doesn't go down in flames like yeah. it inevitably will. Cuz what's going to happen? I mean, absolutely what's going to happen is Brexit, no deal. Brexit's going to happen. Their economy is going to take a downturn because uh, they don't have, they won't have trade deals with any of these countries, mm-hmm. uh, and they're going to go through some hard times. And people are going to be real fucking upset about it. Yeah, exactly. And what happened with Trump? Where it's yeah. like he came in, he was like, "I'm going to bring your jobs back," and everyone was like, "Yeah, we're going to vote for you." And then he didn't bring the jobs back, and they're like, "Things are very bad uh-huh. still." Why didn't they magically get better? We blamed all the poor brown people, <laughs> like you told us to, yeah. and our lives still suck. Same with Brexit. Yeah. We left the EU. Uh, why are things still bad? You yeah. said it was all the bad immigrants and mm-hmm. refugees. Was it not them? <laughs> uh, yeah, your lives are not going to fucking magically get better because no. you didn't blame the right people. Right. Rich people are still stealing from you, so yes. your lives still suck. Yeah, it's going to be bad. Yeah, uh, and it won't fucking matter. They'll still, you know, all the, the people who voted for Trump will vote for him again. Um, yeah. Nothing fucking changes, and guys. We're I'm allowed to be this way. We're in the bad news section. And get a get a get a less confusing system because we're dumb over here and we don't understand it. Uh, you mean in general? I mean Britain specifically because we're talking about Britain, like their like, parliamentary system. Yeah, just get a more get a less confusing system. <laughs> All right, that's Eric's request. <laughs> Stop confusing the dumb Americans. Yes. Uh, so also in bad news. I realized we never talked about the G7 summit. And we certainly didn't talk about how uh, sources who spoke to the press afterwards were like, hey, when Trump was speaking, it was literally like Putin was in the room. (laughs) And Putin's words were coming out of Trump's mouth. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, this was before all of that news broke about... um, you know, all of these these uh, tax documents that uh, Deutsche Bank had. And, uh-oh, it seems like some of Putin's friends signed off on loans. Has that been corroborated by someone other than Lawrence O'Donnell just 
talking shit on MSNBC? I don't know. It was <laughs> making the rounds the other did day. Did you see the video? Of when he had he to apologize. Did you see the video of when he had like said it for the first time? No. And he's it's it was like during a buffer. You know how like on uh like they always do like a little like one minute buffer between shows on MSNBC where the two hosts talk to each other. Uh-huh. So like Rachel Maddow passes to Lawrence O'Donnell. And so they do a little like thirty seconds of like yeah, talking to each other to ban- pass banter, yeah. Yeah. So he announced it on that part of the show, uh-huh. just like the little ban- like the little thing, and you can see Rachel Maddow like her eyes got big, and she's just like, "Huh? Oh, really? That's so funny." She's like, she like leans back in her chair. She's like, "Hmm, interesting." Yeah. So it's just you know it, I don't know it's it's fucking wild. Um, yeah, I guess it's the fact that it hasn't been made public yet. So right. those claims were unverified. Um, Deutsche Bank has all of these loan documents that I guess haven't been made public yet. yet. Look, so, yeah, people don't know it's if it's unverified. True. It's I, I mean I'm inclined to believe it's true at yeah. all. No, no, like no, I just sort not. of assumed that was happening because he does a bunch of shady deals in Russia. He did a bunch before he became president. Yeah, I mean he was. I mean, you, in order to do business in Russia, you have to have Putin's like shady business friends course. sign off on shit. It's an oligarchy. I mean, he it's was controlled by like five families right so of course you need these people to sign off on I mean, it he was trying to build a trump tower in moscow while he was running for president how do you think that shit gets done yeah like i mean of course i mean i'm sure it does i mean i'm sure it happened it just hasn't been corroborated right yet. but right. i'm sure it has i mean the thing is like uh, the 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 most like nefarious thing about the uh the Mueller. i still don't know how to pronounce that fucking guy's name i think it's Mueller. i uh the most nefarious thing about the 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 Mueller investigation it can't be Mueller. <laughs> um, Even if it is, let's say it's not. <laughs> let's just say it's Mueller. Uh, yeah, that's that's fair. Um, but the most nefarious thing is like, you know, it came out and you're like, well, Trump didn't collude with the Russians. You're like, okay, so that's a very legal definition because in order for collusion, the Trump administration would have to be like, would have to go to the Russians and ask for the information. What's not in dispute is that they got oppo research from the Russians. Yeah. <laughs> That's not in dispute. But, you know, legally it's like, oh, we were just sitting here and they just showed up and we're like, we have all these leaked emails from Hillary Clinton. Do you want them? And we're like, I mean, if you're just going to give them to me, sure. Right, you right. know, and it's like. That's not any dispute that that happened. Right. What's you know, so it's like okay, you can say there was no collusion because the the Trump administration wasn't or the Trump candidacy wasn't like seeking out these documents. Right. They still took the damn documents. Yeah. Like this, like there's not. It's not like nothing happened. Yeah. But there, but there is a legal distinction between just receiving information that they were going yeah. to give and seeking out information yeah. from the russians right and now the narrative is like oh Mueller said no no collusion so he's clean it's like he's not no, clean that he's is absolutely not, what not he clean said. that's not what he said so yeah would, would um so all of that is still not verified yet but what has been verified by sources within the g7 is that it was this very bizarre behavior from Trump where it it was basically like Putin was in the room. And yeah. I think one of the most startling, rapid turnarounds in American history is Russia, g- Russia going from, like, America's number one enemy mm-hmm. to a Republican president <laughs> aligning himself with the president of Russia. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying, like, it's good to be to have that isolationist nationalist approach to Russia. Like, I don't want to go back to a time when America I don't want to go back to the Cold War. Right. But what I'm saying is, like, I don't think the Cold War ever ended. And I think Russia won. Yeah. Because they basically turned the president into their puppet, yeah, which is an extraordinary turnaround. Yeah, I think I think what you know, you know, going off what you're saying, it's like I think they Putin realized the way to get power is not to battle the United States, but to win the United States. Mm-hmm. So when you when you had the the um, Soviet Union, it was sort of like, yeah, we were, it was just two competing forces locked in this like Cold War with each other. But basically, they just once the Soviet Union collapsed, they just basically turned into like they're still not like a capitalist nation, but they, I mean, they basically are. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh yeah, he just turned into like an authoritarian capitalist right. and realized, oh, he can just win by currying favor with all the superpowers. And especially when Trump got elected, it's like. He basically is like Trump's, you know, 
fucking wet dream of just yeah. like tough guy, you know, fucking bear wrestling, like, yeah. you know, capitalist, this like huge authoritarian capitalist, which is what Trump wants to be. Yeah, that's what he, dream, and that's yeah. what Trump thinks he is. Yeah. He's Putin is everything that Trump thinks he is and he's not. Yeah. And for Putin, he went from having to deal with this, like, cause Putin is a huge racist, yeah. a black president telling mm-hmm. him what to do. Right. And like for uh, all of Obama's failings, he was tough, certainly tougher on Putin than Trump. They is. had a very cold relationship. They had a very cold relationship. And Putin hated him. Yeah. So to go from having to deal with this, like, again, you're a racist, so black guy telling Uh you what to do, to a puppet who worships you, basically. Like, Putin could not be happier. (laughs) Yeah, which is why I think Russia did so much work to get him elected, Mm because I think Putin saw very early, probably because before he ran for president, you know, Trump was trying to do deals in, in Russia. So he already had dealings with Trump, you know, in, in trying to do business deals in Russia. And so, like, he saw very early on. It's just like, oh, yeah, if I just flatter this guy, he'll do whatever I want. Yeah. And and Russians are, are very, very good at, don't say mind control, don't say mind control, um, <laughs> manipulating populations. Uh-huh. So they got very good at, like, you know, the fake news stuff online. Uh-huh. Yeah. And also, yeah, they realized that America was sort of primed for this fascist underground movement where mm-hmm. they could really capitalize on the racial divides in the United States. Right. Racism. They could exploit racism. That's another and misogyny and all of that stuff. That's another, I think, uh, really uh, like undersold part of um, the investigation into Russia and the, the 26 internet? camping. Yeah, well, I think, you know, uh, look, I don't think I don't think the Russian government, like, hacked into our voting machines no, and changed no, no, no. votes but that's what it gets they didn't have to <laughs> right well that's what it gets spun as that's yeah, what yeah. that's like people like if you talk about russia they're like oh you think they hacked our election it's like no i don't think that what's been proven is that they have like this really vast disinformation campaign on the internet yeah all they had to do was sow enough confusion and yeah. doubt yeah and that you know, like we already have an election or, or an electorate that is disillusioned, not enthusiastic about either political party, mm-hmm. really, because mm-hmm. both political parties have failed yeah. the country. So it didn't take that much to confuse people, to make them stay home. The, um, <laughs> the worst thing that has ever happened in the history of the world is boomers getting on the Internet. Also, <laughs> also. Trying to explain to boomers how they've been manipulated, <laughs> uh-huh. they don't get it. They're <laughs> they like, no what's idea. 4chan? What are memes? What's yeah. happening? Yeah. Like, they don't understand the level they've been manipulated yeah. at all. <laughs> at <laughs> all. And no if you try to explain it to them, they're like, what? They're like, what? No, read this email I got. They, don't, <laughs> they also don't understand how, like, sharing a Facebook post led to Trump being president. Right, yeah. They have they're no like, that, but I'm just one person. Yeah. I'm your aunt. <laughs> so what? I shared this conspiracy theory about Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. um, murdering all of her political enemies. Right. How uh-huh. does that result in Trump being president? <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, God. Yeah. How do I explain to you the Internet? <laughs> um, anyways, guys, that's enough of the bad news. Let's end things on a positive note. Here's your good news. <laughs> So I just was like, why did I put this story in good news to Eric? <laughs> and it was because Eric goes, because Brett Stevens isn't on Twitter anymore. Yeah. And I was like, right. That's why I put it in the good news section. Because literally the entire internet <laughs> dunked on Brett Stevens <laughs> so hard that he had to leave Twitter. So it fucking rules. In case you weren't following this story because you have a life and you're not on Twitter. Oh, because you're not uh, diseased in the brain. <laughs> yeah. <and you laughs> don't read Brett Stevens, New York Times column because you're a happy, well-adjusted person. You're like, who the fuck is Brett Stevens? So this all started because this guy named David Karf. Is that his name? I think that's right. Okay. Uh, I didn't know if we pronounced that P or not. That would be wild if we had to. Uh, so David Karf, who is a professor, right? Yes. 
<laughs> tweeted about Brett Stevens, who again is a New York Times columnist and a very bad man. Um, he he basically I don't know why he called him a bedbug. So there's there was a story going around that the New York Times newsroom, the legitimate story that mm, the New York yes. Times the New York Times newsroom had a bedbug problem. Gotcha. Um, there was some some issue with the the New York Times building where the the floor with the newsroom was having a bedbug uh, sure. problem. Probably because it's a building in New York. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the thing about New York. You never like if your building has like rats, bedbugs, roaches, like. It's more than likely not your fault. <laughs> yeah. Also, if you have an office with hundreds of employees yeah. and one employee has bed bugs, brings a bed bug in, doesn't br- even realize they have it, brings a bed bug in, and now you have bed bugs. Yeah. That's um, how that works. Yeah. But yeah, so there was a story going around that the uh, the New York Times had a uh, had a bed bug problem, and uh, so this guy, you know, uh, pretty harmless joke, pretty innocuous, just quote tweeted it and was like, uh, the uh, the bed bug is. Brett Stevens. <laughs> Sing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. not even a great burn to begin with, <laughs> yeah, but like, like harmless, uh-huh. right? So It got no retweets. Nope. It had nine likes. Because again, not a great joke. It's not great. It's like kind of like, ah, yeah. Ah. Eh. Yeah, no, we don't like Brett Stevens. <laughs> eh. uh, so then Brett Stevens, I assume because he's searching his own name, <laughs> sees this and flips out. Just flips out. And... <laughs> Ultimately, what ends up happening is he, uh, like, emails David Carve an uh-huh. insane response mm-hmm. and, like, CCs his university. CCs the provost of the university, which I don't know what a provost is. Nobody does. It's a fake title, but... Basically, uh, like, tattling. Ahead, like, an administrative official at the university. And, like, tattling, being like, mm-hmm. hey... I mean, if you CC somebody's employer, you're trying to get them fired. Yeah. Of so course. this is Brett Stevens using his platform as a New York Times columnist trying to get a professor fired because the professor called him a bed bug, <laughs> <laughs> which is very, very funny. Oh and my god! Immediately, Twitter just like in the best possible way uh-huh. viciously dunks <laughs> on Brett Stevens <laughs> to the point where he has to leave Twitter. It's, it's, it's especially great just because like the professor like had the wherewithal to like post on twitter and be like hey uh brett stevens emailed me trying to get me fired this is like wild <laughs> this is wild so he finally leaves twitter and mind you this is like two years after he said he was uh-huh. gonna leave twitter do you remember he posted yes one of his other dumb columns mm-hmm. on the new york times again he is paid as a new york times columnist he uses his platform to complain about how people are mean to him on twitter yes he's he's he has paid i don't know how much but it's Got to be large six figures. He's oh, paid an sure. obscene amount of money to for write sure. to write a weekly column that is not researched. It's doesn't. It's not like a journalism column where you have to do deep background. It, it, he just has to write his opinion once a week. And mind you, like we're just talking about the Twitter stuff, but this guy is also the one who's like, climate change isn't real. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's he's he is a bad man. Yeah, he's very he's, and he's, does a lot of damage, and the New York Times pays him. And then he's written multiple columns in the pages of the New York Times that like, people are mean to me on Twitter. Well. By the way, is one of these conservatives who are like liberals or snowflakes. Yeah, exactly. He is constantly hysterical in the New York Times column, uh, col- his New York Times column, saying that people are being mean to him. Mm-hmm. Twitter's a toxic culture. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, he finally leaves Twitter. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but he posts this like follow up column <laughs> where he's like, "Here's why anyone who's mean to me is a Nazi." And links to historical examples of Jewish people in the lead up to World War II being compared to insects and bugs. Specifically and bed, bed bugs. bugs. <laughs> and the reason we know it was specifically bed bugs is he forgot to erase his search history. <laughs> so when you click on the link, it says Jewish people compared to bed bugs. <laughs> so he's specifically researching. How can I prove that anyone who is criticizing me is a Nazi? Yeah, he literally <laughs> and the the book he quoted from is like uh, was like uh, from what I read like basically like somebody's PhD dissertation that like nobody has ever read. Mm-hmm. It was just like a historical like a history like dissertation for a PhD that is like on Google Books that has like never been published. It's mm-hmm. like it's not a well-known history book about right. the, the Holocaust. It's like so he literally just went and Google searched Jews as bedbugs <laughs> and found the first thing that came up and used it in his New York Times And column. he's like, see? <laughs> see? 
Now, mind you, uh, David Carve was never calling for violence against Brett no. Stevens. Never once referred to Jewish people. <laughs> he posted a like. It just doesn't like Brett Stevens. <laughs> he just posted like a lame, and no offense to him, but like just like a posted a, l- a dumb Twitter joke yeah. that like probably everyone would have made. Yeah, it's not great. It's like it's like I said, it's like a little zing. Like yeah. Yeah, it's like a Jay Leno joke. It's like, like no one would have cared about it had Brett Stevens not freaked out. Uh, but it's yeah, just unbelievable. It, just the extra step of oh, and also you're all anti-Semitic. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> what is happening during a time when there are actual anti-Semitic uh-huh. attacks happening, like synagogues being attacked, yes. uh, Jewish people being attacked? Very frightening time. To lump David Carve's stupid Twitter joke <laughs> about bed bugs into that is just wild. Wild. And again, it's the New York Times allowing it to happen. They and have I platformed Brett Stevens' stupidity. I can't overstate how much money this guy gets paid He's rich. to He's write his rich dumb because the New York column. Times are like, yes, this is a good point. It's no, it's not. Unbelievable. You could literally give his column to anyone else anyone else and it would be an improvement i would pay a lot of money to work in the new york times building like on the same floor as brett stevens just to see when all this was going down like what was happening no one (laughs) it's not possible anyone respects him right it's not possible yeah he's he's probably got some like far away office it's just like oh it's brett's uh, office don't go down there don't just he's just screaming about bed bugs. Just leave the mail outside. Yeah. Don't go in there. Just yeah. Steer clear. <laughs> it's just un- I just the whole saga is just like peak Brett Stevens. Just everything about it is so great. The fact that he's just name searching himself. Is just I mean, truly the fact that again, conservatives accuse liberals of being snowflakes, and they are the first ones uh-huh. who are just like hysterical oh, my the other example of that was like everybody freaking out about hassan piker yelling about dan crenshaw on twitch i it don't understand one thing you just <laughs> said what the fuck what what happened hassan piker is, who is that he's a guy that's on the young turks okay um and he's like a younger like he has a show on the young turks he's like a younger like a younger guy like online lefty okay. that has like a twitch channel where he just yells about politics okay. but he on his twitch's video stuff yes okay <laughs> twitch is a streaming video platform okay uh and he was just he got on there and he was like yelling about dan crenshaw because dan crenshaw when I, you know who dan crenshaw no. is the the congressman with the eye patch oh yeah that pete davidson yeah, yeah, yeah. made fun of eye patch guy yeah, yeah. eye patch guy so dan crenshaw went on joe rogan's podcast okay and Hassan Piker, like on his Twitch channel, was basically just watching the Joe Rogan interview and just screaming at Dan Crenshaw the whole time because sure. Dan Crenshaw is a very bad man with yes. stupid ideas. Yes. Uh, but basically, just uh, you know, made fun of his eye patch and made fun of uh how he got uh his eye patch uh in a very crude way, and then also said America deserved nine eleven. Uh, and so people freaked out about it. Sure. But the yeah, but the an po- eye patch guy lost his eye in battle, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so people were like, you hate the troops in America. I mean, ba- I mean, uh, Hassan basically said, uh, Dan Crenshaw got his eye fucked by a, a Mujahideen fighter. <laughs> 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 but, um, but, uh, but, yeah, but, but the point is like, it's those same people who are always screaming about, oh, trans people can't take jokes yeah. about how they're trans, and yeah. there's and then liberals are snowflakes because listen, can't that's talk. a hard joke, but it's a pretty hard joke. It's a hard but, joke, but my, you know, but yeah, you guys are always the ones who are you like, you're too sensitive. You can't throw that out there. You can't throw out you guys are too sensitive, and then be sensitive about exactly, stuff. Exactly, exactly. I mean, if if you want to be sensitive about stuff, that's okay. Yeah. But then you can't be mad when other people are sensitive. Yeah, I mean, it just drives me crazy. It's like, oh. Th- Yo. Also, comparing the two, it's like conservatives get mad at trans people because trans people are like, hey, this is our lives. Yeah, and we are killed at really high rates because mm-hmm. people freak out about who we are. Yeah. So we are sensitive about that because we're fighting for our survival. Yeah. When conservatives like, freak out, they're like, you called me a bed bug. Uh-huh. Like your your life wasn't in danger, yeah. Brett Stevens. Transgender right. people are actually fighting for their lives right now. Yeah, and those jokes, like the the, the cultural you know the the cultural ideas about you know uh trans people mm-hmm. 
you know, it translate in, translates into like cultural narratives about whether or not they're allowed to be who they are mm-hmm. and whether or not they are full human beings. You know, right, exactly. And joking about Dan Crenshaw losing his eye, it's like it's rude and it's crass, yeah. but like. Who gives a shit? His like, life isn't in off. danger. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, somebody made fun of you because you lost your eye. Uh, that sucks. I'm sorry. Take it up with him. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, but like. Also, like, if you want to argue, we should be more sensitive about that stuff. I agree. Like, making fun of somebody losing their eye, not good. Yeah. But then when other people are like, "Hey, maybe don't make fun of my identity," you're like, "Oh, when, when?" It's yeah. like, wait. Why can't they be sensitive? <laughs> right, but you exactly. Can. Yeah, it's just that that double standard just drives yeah. me absolutely up a wall. So, also in good news, Steve King is broke. <laughs> I, I just glanced <laughs> at the headline and Look I at thought the photo. <laughs> <laughs> For a second, I was I thought it said Stephen King is broke, and I was like, why is this good news? Yeah, What's Allison, happening? Why do you hate Stephen King so much? <laughs> I thought it was a weird book. Do why was there a child orgy scene in it? Do you think Stephen King gets so mad, like? Every time Steve King is in the news. I'd like to think that Stephen King, the author, is famous enough where the confusion never happens. But you know it has. <laughs> you know it like some dumb person saw a headline with Steve King and they tweeted Stephen King like, why did you do this? There probably had to have been a first time when like <laughs> Steve King first got on the scene when people are like tweeting him. Like, what happened? People are like tweeting Stephen King like, you fucking racist. He's like, what happened? What I'm did I do? I'm writing my 800th <laughs> book. Like, what are you what, talking why are you about? yelling at me? Um, but anyway, so... Representative Steve King yes. is gearing up for <laughs> the next re-election cycle, and uh-oh, he's broke. Yeah, I, I read somewhere that his campaign has like $10,000. Well, here's some the thing. Stupid amount Apparently, of individual donations he's still getting, yes. but the corporate donors have dried up. Yeah. Because um, Steve King's a lunatic, yes. and even very racist conservative <laughs> CEOs of companies are like, ooh. His name is a little toxic these days. Yeah, I, I will say I don't I mean, I'm glad that this is happening. I don't think like conservatives deserve any sort of respect for like pulling their donations from him. No, liter- like, it's not like a moral uh thing. It's that his name, his brand is bad. Right. So they don't want to be associated with it anymore. Well, I remember hearing like the last whatever the last like you know not the last but like there was like a blow up like i guess a year ago he said something uh, it was when he was like i don't understand why white nationalism is bad <laughs> <laughs> why are you guys mad he's just like i don't understand why there's such a negative connotation around white nationalism I'm like <laughs> what like steve king has always been one of the guys who just says the quiet thing loud well this is my point like there, that specific thing when he was like, I don't understand why there's a negative uh, reaction to white nationalism or whatever he said. You know, I don't, I don't have it in front of yeah, me. I but like remember. whatever he said, there was a big blow up around one specific thing he said, and it was something similar to that of like, I don't understand why nationalism has has a bad name or whatever. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, that is when a bunch of conservatives like Ben Shapiro and stuff started being like, oh, you know. And I remember listening, like hearing Ben Shapiro say like. You know, in the past, I've given Steve King the benefit of the doubt because things he said were like could be interpreted as racist or not. And it was like, no, no, everything he said was racist, overtly racist. Uh, the stuff he said for like ten years has all been racist. It's just you chose not to listen to it, right? And you don't deserve respect for like now that it is so overt that people can't get over it that you all of a sudden pulled your donations. Like, I'm glad you did. I'm glad he doesn't have money, but also you don't deserve respect for like putting up with this bullshit for like 10 years yeah. and then like all of a sudden like, oh now it's now it's unpalatable right, to right. like be associated with them. Right. Like, no fuck off like right. you you ignored it for however long like right. while people were saying hey this stuff is racist like Steve Super King's a fucking racist. racist yeah so uh haha he's not received a single contribution this year from a political action committee associated with a sitting member of congress uh corporate PACs and interest groups have also completely shunned him through the first six months of the year, King received just two contributions from third-party political entities, $2,000 donations from PACs associated with two former members of Congress, Lamar Smith and the infamous Todd Aiken. Oh, God. So, um, shit associating with shit. <laughs> yeah. Basically. This is also the, but this is also a great example along with, like, uh, like, Milo's career of, like, like negative attention to deplatforming works. Yeah, I think this is a great example of 
of all of the terrible shit that's happening right now, because again, we are in the worst timeline. Yes. S- despite that, we still see tons of evidence that deplatforming people works. Yes. Which is exciting. It's like. As much as the fascists are gaining grounds right now, we do continue to see fallout like this. Yeah. Where it's like, if they go too far, mm-hmm. if enough sane people condemn them, they fucking go away. Yeah, I mean, I, r- I recently read... Oh God, I, I hate that I can't cite this right now, but I read a study about... D- it was loosely about deplatforming. It wasn't specifically about it, but it was basically about, like, you know, how people's views change when they're not, like inundated with those views once they have like enough breathing space and they're like wait what the fuck was that guy saying yeah he oh oh that's nuts that's nuts like once it's not like available to like we live in an attention economy where it's just like you know you you live and die based on what's popular what's in front of you all the time there's not been a ton of studies done about it but like the internet culture stuff yeah once people are not completely inundated by like racist memes Mm -hmm. and like their entire life is an online. Like if they actually sit down with a Jewish person who's like, Hey, here's why this stuff really hurts me Mm -hmm. and endangers Mm -hmm. my life. They change their opinion. But when it's your entire world and you're just like buried underneath racist memes and stuff like that and like fake news, it completely warps your perspective of the world. And this is really aided by the way like the way capitalism works uh because it's based on bubbles right so you know the way capitalism works is like once something gets popular the money chases it because you're everybody's trying to make profit on it right Right. so that's sort of the way in which like youtube like programs its algorithm so it's like if you're watching a video and you're what and and it's based on like what you watch and also how long you watch it so it's like if you're watching a video the algorithm is like okay we got to keep their eyes on the screen so we got to give them the the autoplay videos it's like we got to give them something else they're going to watch right and we got to keep in they're trying to just keep your eyes on the screen suddenly you've watched 40 alex jones videos right exactly (laughs) and it just keeps going towards that because it's trying to keep you interested and trying to keep your eyes on the screen and so once you're, if you can break that cycle and you can get all this fucking garbage off the internet, people aren't seeking it out. Right. They're, they're, it's getting given to them, and yeah. then they start formulating those ideas. So, and the internet is really good about leading lonely people down that rabbit hole. Yeah, where yeah. it's like you might just start by googling something innocuous, like "Why won't girls talk to me?" <laughs> and suddenly you're on like violent misogynist videos, yeah, right, um, right? Because that the, again, the algorithm is designed to. Like Alice down the rabbit hole, like lead yeah. you deeper and deeper. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's trying to. Yeah. And so it's like these, like getting these people out of the public eye and offline. It absolutely works because mm-hmm. like once their views, people stop paying attention. Yep. And it's like th- this stuff totally works. And and yeah. and I think it's like the idea that like oh well, people will just seek it out underground. That's partly true for some people. For, like, really, like, true believers and diehards. But for the most part, like, once these people are out of the public spotlight, like, their views go away. Yeah. The people aren't, like, going to underground Milo meetings. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he has a fan base. A l- but, like, those people were already his fans before he got famous. Right. And, like, once he's out of the public eye, those views go away. And then finally, guys, I wanted to talk about the, the Beyond Meat craze. Yes. So, again, not to, like... All, all corporations, all companies are bad, right? But I do think that it is very encouraging that KFC just ran this um, sort I don't want to say gimmicky, but it was like a promotional thing that they said that maybe they would just try in Atlanta at first. It's a th- test. It's a test. Yeah. Where they're like, we're going to try this plant-based, quote-unquote, chicken, this Beyond Meat chicken, mm-hmm. um, and we'll see how it goes. And if, yeah. it, if it's popular, maybe we'll branch out to KFCs uh-huh. across yeah. Uh, the country and it was wild did you see the photos of the I line did, yes. yeah, like down the block yeah around the corner yeah. they sold out almost instantly uh-huh. and so it was an undisputed success um burger king has the impossible whopper now that's why i eat so many of them because eric is addicted you need because <laughs> i mean i made this joke kind of but like these test runs are like they do respond to sales and so, like, yeah. and so, like, when stuff like this happens, they will test it out in more markets and then, like, slowly. I mean, that's what happened with the Impossible Whopper is, like, 
they sort of tried it out in a couple in uh, St. Louis. Yeah. And it was so popular. They're like, okay, we'll do it nationally. Yeah, I know there are other examples. I think Dunkin' Donuts has... Dunkin' Donuts has Beyond uh, Sausage. Beyond, Beyond sausage. sausage for the breakfast sandwich. Uh, but a bunch of these really uh, famous chains are adopting the Beyond Meat stuff, which is great. Yes. Uh, anything that moves us off of you know factory farming mm-hmm. and, and uh, the meat industry is good for the environment, for yes. our health, all of that stuff. I know there's a lot of like... I don't know what to say controversy, but there's a lot of disagreement, I think, in like the hardcore vegan community about whether it's good. But I would just say like about what what is good, just like fast food, like oh, yeah, uh, industrial, you're like a corporation. Yeah, you're supporting which is a corporation that also sells meat like the cor- like that company. All, like, and is not good to their employees. Right. Yeah. So I think but I also think, too, like and I, and I get the argument that like if you're vegan, you should be focused on like natural whole foods and plant you know and and plants and stuff like that and you shouldn't be eating fast food but i would just say i my opinion is that things like the impossible whopper the duncan sandwich the kfc it's not for vegans it's good it's good for them to i mean it's good that that's an option but the point of stuff like that is to get people who are already going to these places and eating meat to get the mock meat to get the mock meat which will reduce we live in a crappy capitalist society yeah. and the reality of the fact is it is cheaper to get a burger at burger king yeah. than to go to a bougie vegan restaurant yeah. in the city and pay like ten dollars for a burger yeah and that's I just the reality like some people don't have the time they don't have they don't have the time to cook they don't have the money to spend on bougie vegan restaurants so if we can get those people off of meat burgers right then isn't that an over if we have to live in a world where burger king exists right and poor people have to eat at burger king because capitalism is evil yeah isn't it better to get them off meat burgers well yeah and also if you're interested in like i mean i assume if you're vegan you are like if you're interested in reducing the amount of animals that are killed it's like isn't that a win it's like if you have you have like you know x number of vegans well if you're only rolling out product if you're rolling out products for vegans like you haven't increased the amount of people that are vegan but if you roll out in burger king a whopper that some percentage of the people that are already meat eaters are eating, then you've reduced, you've added more, you've you've reduced the number of animals that are being killed right. and you've reduced the market share for, for meat. And that's, I think, a very big win yeah. towards building more of these products and getting people off the stuff. And then day two, we abolish capitalism and get and rid of Burger King. Burn <laughs> down all the buildings, yes. Um, I will say the thing that freaks me out, because I tried the Impossible Whopper, mm. Are these stories about Burger <laughs> King's running out of Impossible Burgers and just uh-huh. selling regular burgers? Yeah. As mm-hmm. It happened twice that I know of. Yes. Once in Brooklyn, once in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And as I was eating the Impossible Whopper, <laughs> and you were like coaching me, you were like, you would be able to tell if it was real meat. So don't freak out. I think I can I, taste the difference, but it's... it's I think if you... Yeah. I would have gotten very sick. That's the thing. It's like, after the fact, you would have gotten very sick. But in my head, it tasted so much like meat. I was mm. like, this freaks me out. Yeah. I am not... That is something I don't miss. I don't miss meat. Mm-hmm. So, like, I... I will say if you miss the taste of meat, you'll enjoy it. But if you're not crazy about meat, I was like, I could do without this. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, like I said, I don't think... I think it's very good. I think, like... Like I said, I think it's a great... Especially if people, because I think people are becoming more conscious, like just regular people, not people that are super political, but just like people are becoming more conscious. I mean, people are having health problems, so they have to stop eating less meat. And like people are also just becoming more aware of factory farming. And it's like it is. I I try to tell like people that are like hardcore vegans all this time. Like I was raised in the South. Look, trust me, it is very difficult to go from eating like your like a shitty like standard American diet to being vegan. It is hard. That shit is addictive. Like the food you eat is like uh, I still like crave comfort food. Like it is. I think cheese is way more addictive. Yeah, but I mean, it's just like that shit is hard to deal with, it, especially if you try to stop like on a dime and like uh-huh. I'm going vegan. Yeah, it it will fuck with you. And yeah. so I think having these like transitional products for people that are interested of like is important. Yeah. And also, it's like yeah, if you if you I I think a lot of. <coughs> I mean, I don't know what the percentage is, but I do think there's a lot of people that like eat meat, but are still like they see the the fucking like Sarah McLaughlin videos <laughs> and they're like yeah. they're like <clears throat> I feel bad for animals or whatever. Yeah. And if you put a product in front of them, like I could eat this yeah. regularly, 
they might transition towards that. You it's know? good to have options. I think yeah. so. For sure. Guys, please follow Eric on Twitter at E-R-E-K underscore Smith. Anything else you want to promote? Uh, no, I don't know. Okay. Uh, guys, please follow Light Trees and News on Twitter, Facebook. Follow me on Twitter, Allison Kilkenny. If you go to patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny, you can support all of my work over there. Uh, if you sign up at the $5 a month level, you get to send questions that we'll answer on Light Treason News. Or go to lighttreason.news and smash that donate button to keep us going. Thanks so much for listening. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. <laughs> <laughs>